One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Star Companion Podcast. My name is David. And I'm Zach. And we are a Star Trek fan podcast where we are trekking through Star Trek one episode at a time. Stardate by Stardate. Stardate by Stardate, that's correct. And we're reviewing each episode for your viewing and listening pleasure. Yeah. And uh, today we're reviewing Enterprise Season 1, Episode 15, the name of the episode is Shadows of Pajem. And before uh, we get too far into this, I want to just let everyone know that uh, if you have anything to say, any comments, any questions, you can email us at the Star Companion. That's the Star Companion at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram as the Star Companion. Check us out there. Um, there are videos of us as well on there YouTube. Are. And you can catch us on all major platforms for podcasting. And uh, for our sweet baby listeners that are out there right now, thanks for listening. I love you. I love you more. (laughs) Uh, We've been talking about this before we started recording, and it's kind of undecided who loves you more. But uh, (laughs) that being said, I do. Zach does. That's um, where we left off, but uh, that's yeah. that's not a fight I'm willing to put to bed quite yet. <laughs> but yeah, no, so check us out. Give us a five star. We're on Patreon as well if you want to donate to the boys. Um, so yeah, early. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and let, it, let us know what, um, what maybe you'd like to hear. Um, we're open to suggestions. I mean, right now we're kind of just doing episode by episode review, but we plan on doing theory. Uh, mm-hmm. episodes, you know, episodes where we just talk about a single subject. Yeah. Um, but if there's something that maybe you would find interesting or would want to listen to, let us know and we may talk about it. Yeah, would absolutely love, uh, would love to. And I mean, you know, I'm just waiting for someone to send an email about, hey, Zach and David at the Star Companion. 
would love to know your real <laughs> deep, honest to God thoughts about Commander Shran and Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> there it is. And I'm pretty sure I can slap together four hours worth of why that dude's the fucking shit could write a short novel about why i love him (laughs) i swear to god if one of you emails us about shran we'll review jeffrey combs and cyclone (laughs) yeah we were doing an imdb search on jeffrey combs uh right before this episode and literal seconds before this and he was just in like I've never heard of like most of the movies he's, he's been in. <laughs> They're all just horror movies, and I'm mm-hmm. sure like straight to DVD movies, which I have no problem with because I love Steven Seagal. He's my favorite actor of all time, mm-hmm. and he's the king of straight to DVD. But um, yeah, you know, maybe if you send us a dollar on Patreon, we'll do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> it takes one dollar, <laughs> one dollar, and we'll fucking do it. And you can be the person who listens to it. Um, but anyway. Anyway. We digress. Star Trek Enterprise Season 1, 15, uh, Shadows of Pajem, Stardate between 09092151 and 1109215.1. So, quick synopsis. uh, Ambassador Saval informs Admiral Forrest that Pajem has been destroyed in an attack by the Andorians, although... Forrest feels sympathy over the loss of a religious sanctuary. He points out that the Vulcans are partially to blame since they were using it to engage in spying against the Andorians. Yeah. Saval states that Enterprise's crew are also partly responsible as they revealed Pajem's covert activities in the first place. Forrest refused to accept this, arguing that if he... uh, that if the Vulcan High Command had been more open with Starfleet than the incident might not have occurred. Saval tells Forrest that Earth Vulcan fleet operations have been suspended and he is returning to Vulcan. Vulcan. Forrest immediately asks to speak to Captain Archer. Shut it down, dog. Scene. Um, I'm shutting the studio down. We're shutting the studio down, bro. Man. Um, <laughs> man. Uh, uh, right off the top, San Francisco... Looks pretty dope. It's a great really rendering does. there. It's a great rendering. They, I wonder... it, really, it really goes through a transformation over the next couple of hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I was alive to see that because right now it looks uh, like shit. <laughs> it looks like an expensive shithole full of hipster yuppies. Assholes. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I really like the character of Saval. Yeah. You know, he, that, that's a good actor, that dude. Um, yeah, and he, um, I thought it, I thought it was interesting. The Vulcans seem very like uh, emotional in this beginning scene. Yeah, actually, um, you know, and there I are guess breaks. rightly so. You know, because Pajem is basically destroyed, and later on in the episode, I think, I think Archer asked or somebody asked if. They were able to get all the relics off of Pajem before they destroyed it, and and uh, they say they don't know. So, you know, I'm I suppose that maybe some of their artifacts and relics got destroyed, and you know what? I'd be pretty perturbed about that as well. Perturbed. Perturbed. Let's get Steamed. a. Let's get a. Gary Graham is his name. That's the mm-hmm. His IMDb photo is him with a samurai sword. Oh. So, you know, maybe he competes with uh, your boy Seagull. What the <laughs> hell is going on here? He plays Ambassador Saval and Axanar? 
Axanar. This is just announced. What's Axanar? Various retired. Oh. JG Herzl? Yeah, that's that's uh, Martok from DS9. Mm. Speaking a foreign language to me, man, I haven't gotten that far yet. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, sorry. It looks like. It looks like they're bringing Ambassador Saval to be a part of some unknown short or something here. Oh, okay. Axonar. I feel like maybe he was in uh, one of the newer Star Trek movies as well. There's it's an in- um, independent Star Trek film. It'll be the first non-CBS Paramount produced Star Trek. Wow. What the fuck is going on? Speaking of which, do you remember a couple of years ago when they were talking about um, Quentin Tarantino making a Star Trek movie? Apparently that's still like... Gonna happen, maybe? Very real potential. Oh, I would love that to happen. Um, Me too, actually. I, I ho- Here's what I hope. If they do let Quentin Tarantino do a Star Trek movie, I don't want it to have any recognizable characters. Yeah, no. Let it, it be should, a completely it should, yeah. separate timeline. It should be some sort of ship that maybe gets destroyed in the Battle of uh, Wolf 359. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, something that for sure is going to end. Yeah, you know? like like we know the ending already, but we like here's the you know story before it or something like that. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Um, I'm shocked about this whole Axonar thing. I don't I don't know what the fuck that is. I'll leave that up. Interesting. Um, something but, to maybe watch out for for sure. Yeah, and your boys brought it to you first. Star Companion. We're, we're breaking news right right now, guys. Breaking In news. Oh. Um. Anyway, so let's keep going. Uh, one of the first notes I have for this episode is, fuck, I love Jeffrey Combs, man. What a, <laughs> what a goddamn gem that dude is. Commander Shran is the man. He really um, is. I was glad to see him come back. And when he did, I was, uh, I just heard you in the back of my head going, ooh. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, so, um, this is a fun episode where T'Pol and Archer get captured on their way to meet the uh, governor or whatever of the planet. The Chancellor of Korridan. There you go. That's <laughs> why this is a team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they get kidnapped by some rebels, and then they're tied up together, which I think is an interesting play. Yeah. If I were tying up prisoners, I'd tie them up in opposite sides tightly so they couldn't move. Yeah, or put them into some sort of cell or something. Like, don't give them any chance of of, of leaving. Escape, yeah. Yeah. Um. And so they end up shimmying their way out. Um and very I I feel like the only reason they did this is is just because uh the chick who plays to Paul is just so attractive <laughs> they just wanted to get her into some sort of sexual scene <laughs> some sort of so, sexual precariousness Yeah so they shimmy she shimmies around and then they're genital to genital and then uh they fall over and of course her her tits are like right in Archer's face <laughs> And he barely uh he barely like makes any reference to it. Yeah, it he's just very. Happens. Yeah, he's very. Um, but you know what? He's a he's a professional man. Dad is through and through a professional. 
he may romance ladies of non-Starfleet, but ladies of Starfleet, he, you know, dad, dad knows when to stay his hand. Yeah, and I, I think uh, with them being tied up in this whole scenario, this I think is one of the first episodes, maybe since Broken Bow, where you get to see a real growth in the relationship between T'Pol and uh, Archer. Yeah, definitely. So it's a real turn towards working together, and I think that's like, okay, this is a real, what is it, thumb in the hand? Bird in the bush. Bird in the bush. Uh plot device you know where they're like we need to make them get along better so right. we're gonna tie him up in some story and use a plot device <laughs> but well, uh, he basically just like takes her with him on the on this on the shuttle yeah well he's and gonna that, take trip mm-hmm. and that's and, because uh, he didn't want her to get sent back for yeah you know uh fucking up his gym <clears throat> she was being punished and i thought it was funny in the beginning of the episode when when Archer is talking to Trip about going down to Cordan and he's saying he's going to bring Hoshi. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like, "Oh, I'll have her take your camera down with her so she can take pictures of the ships that they're building." And he's like he like really Sad believes it. As fuck, yeah. And he then totally dad's like, "Gotcha." <laughs> that was that was honestly pretty enjoyable. You can that was some pretty great A acting right there cuz he was like, "What?" Yeah. No. <laughs> Some fucked up shit, Dad. Um, and uh, uh, y- you know, what does he do? I think he's telling to Paul how to like not shimmy out, but he's like, you know, we got to do this and it, like maybe move together so we can, you know, get the legs down or something. It's like yeah, when they're standing up, you're not Houdini, <laughs> bro. Just chill out. <laughs> okay, there's only a few options you guys got. Um, you know, I I I I really like the notion that Depaul is lying. Me too. You know, it shows some again, it shows some real growth from a uh uh Vulcan standpoint. Well, yeah, and it shows that like, you know, even though it, it is illogical to lie, you know, they're not living in a they're not living in a Vulcan universe. They're living in a universe full of, of people who are not Vulcans mm-hmm. and who lie and who cheat and try to get by. And so mm-hmm. I think she realizes the logic in that, and that's why she does that, yeah. it, which actually ends up being more logical, in my opinion. Oh. Oh. Outlogicked um, the, uh, the Vulcan. My man. My man. <laughs> um. So they, they're in, they basically, so they get captured, um, they're put in like this little damp shed and uh, they try to escape and they almost do. <laughs> um, but they, they get recaptured and it's about this time that the, the Vulcan ship drops out of, out of warp and hails enterprise and says, Hey, where the hell's to Paul? We're here to pick her up. She's going to be reassigned. Mm-hmm. And uh trip is like, Oh, she's not here. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the Vulcan Neither's say, dad. Yeah, neither's dad. Dad's not home. He's out driving his bike. <laughs> he went to um, the store to get some smokes. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a few years. <laughs> he went on a smoke run and never came back. That's the way divorces used to be, by the way. Yeah, I know. You'd go eight yeah. miles over. 
Yeah, and start a whole new life, and nobody would ever know. What a fucking world. It was a different world not 60 years ago. Yeah. So... The Vulcans tell Enterprise to stand down, which they don't. Uh, Trip and Reed end up going down to the surface, and they end up getting captured by someone who that we think is also Rebels, but is revealed to but be the not. Andorians. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Shran, baby. Shran, baby. Um, <laughs> Blue face, baby. And then... Uh... And then from that point, they devise a... Uh, well, so Shran doesn't like being in debt to Archer. No, um, he can't sleep. He can't sleep. And uh, so then he then offers to help... Because he's got a relationship with the rebels on this planet. And he's going to help Trip and Reed save Archer and T'Pol. And there's a whole plan set up. They begin enacting the plan. Um, and I find it... If I was one of the guards on the gate and a man comes up to me and asks, you want to have some of this Andorian ale? <laughs> I would go, no, you crazy homeless drunk. And two, where'd you get the Andorian ale? And three, why are you speaking English? Yeah, actually, <laughs> um, that's my biggest, my anecdotal gripe about the uh, Universal Translator. Yeah. Is you can speak like this, but you hear it differently. You hear it in your language, but the mouth yeah. doesn't match the words. And so I wish there was some weird dubbing effect that they had maybe employed <laughs> at a certain point in Star Trek. It's like a bad, bad spaghetti western. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so they go and try and save Archer and Paul, and the Vulcans show up and fuck it all up. Yep. And it ends up in a terse standoff between the Andorians and the Vulcans. But it's suddenly cut short when a stunned rebel reawakens mm-hmm. and attempts to kill the commander of the Vulcan ship. T'Pol then leaps in front of what's later revealed to be a plasma bullet and um, sacrifices herself. And mm-hmm. um, they rush her to Enterprise immediately for some healing triage i uh i think this episode has really great pacing um it's kind of like a nice little contained movie in 45 minutes you know some episodes there there were twists in this one that you weren't expecting and the shran thing blew me away have okay i was gonna ask you actually have you reached a point where you haven't seen these now no, I've seen this episode before, but I remember the first uh-huh. time I saw it, I was like, oh my god, it's fucking Tran again. <laughs> or yeah. I didn't know his name was Tran. I was just like, it's the blue guy again. What's he doing here? Zach likes the blue skin. Um, <laughs> and then, so when they... When they're... Uh, they have T'Pol knocked out, and Archer sort of forces the... Uh, Vulcan she saved to let her stay on the ship. Yeah. Um, As we find out later, without consulting her. But what I really enjoy is is that Phlox is in on the gambit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Again, playing that pivotal role. (laughs) Even at the very end, Phlox is in on the gambit, and he's there to keep everything status quo. And again, not 
speak with T'Pol and figure yeah. out if it's okay or not. Well, he even seems to have put her in some sort of medical coma. Yeah, as well because exactly. they leave and then he then he like shoots that thing in her neck and she just like wakes up. And she's like, "What the fuck happened?" He hyposprays her awake. Yeah, you should have <laughs> consulted me. It's like, chill, bro. We all know you wanted to stay. You weren't. You didn't want to leave. She and that was something I wanted to bring up is she didn't really seem that excited to stay aboard Enterprise. I mean, she did say, no. "Oh, doctors, doctors' orders. I can't leave the medical lab or whatever." But just her demeanor didn't seem like too thrilled about it. What do you think? Was she, do you think so, she's happy to stay? Here's what I think. Um, one, through the Vulcan lens, if she had just been like, you'd have gone, oh man, she's stoked. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Two, there's a particular episode in the original series when uh, Spock thinks he kills Kirk. And um, he goes to Bones and says, you know, I regret to tell you this, but I must turn myself in for, you know, reprimands. And uh, I've committed an act of treason and vile consequence that I can't. uh, Killed the captain. Yeah, I, I killed the captain. And then you see Kirk walking up behind him. And he goes, Kirk? Or he goes, Captain? And, you know, Kirk's just looking at him, and then he doesn't really acknowledge him, and he goes, Jim! And there's real, real emotion there. Yeah. And then he settles back down, and he goes, it's nice to see you, Captain, or whatever. <laughs> you know, and it's like the sweetest sense of a Vulcan breaking with emotion, and I think that would have been cute to see to Paul yeah, act definitely. in that regard. But, I mean, I don't think... She wanted to go back because she's got some sort of Klingon sense of honor. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I think, and I think she she realizes like how important it is to be out there doing this because the Vulcans aren't like this. They're not mm-hmm. very exploratory. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't, or if they are, like they don't make a big deal about it. But the humans are like, this is this is epic. This is you know monumental. We need to keep going. And I think she likes being a part of that. Mm-hmm. Some sense of glory there. Um, yeah. So, the working title of this episode was Untitled and Dorian's Return. Why change it? <laughs> um, and so, the actress of T'Pol, Jolene Blaylock, points out that this episode's portrayal of Vulcans can be seen as analogous to the Catholic Church. Okay. Shadow, Shadows of Pajama dress something that I like to compare to the Catholic Church, she said. When you take something that in all respects represents holy, no matter how holy something can be, when power is mixed into it, things become shady. Everybody is subject to temptation, whether it's greed or, you know, seven deadly sins, it doesn't matter. Whatever it may be, whatever their weakness is, the Catholic Church has its own problems, so there's a certain darkness that some light was shed on in this episode. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. Yeah, definitely. And it's definitely an extension of the episode from, like, four episodes ago where they actually do go to the monastery on Pajem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, to further that point, you know, when, when the Vulcans have that little standoff with the Andorians on the, on the planet, they're like, you're in breach of treaty by being here. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't you, and then Tran's like, don't you talk to me about breaching treaty. <laughs> yeah. Um, you yeah. know. Because it was exposed that they were pretty much spying on the Andorians. And the Andorians 
you know, they, they were depicted as being these very shrewd and kind of, what's the word? Maybe mis, over mistrusting species, but, you know, mm-hmm. because of Pajem, we can't, we see that that was kind of justified. And so maybe they're not as crazy and maybe the Vulcans aren't as, as level-headed as they seem. Tell me, do you think you can see the beginnings of a federation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so there was in this episode, I guess when they were, the first time they had tried to record that scene where T'Pol falls on him and he gets mm-hmm. her breasts in his face, the, apparently the crew started playing Love Shack. <laughs> nice <laughs> and they should have totally ran with that cut that would have been hilarious yeah um i'd love to see the enterprise <clears throat> blooper reel you know i'm gonna google that after this that would be fucking great it's um, all archer going like <laughs> <laughs> so uh i know you love continuity i do and this episode takes place six months after Broken Bow. Uh, in this installment's teaser, it's revealed that Captain Gardner was considered the most suitable choice to uh, Captain Enterprise Vice of all. That's However, right. Archer if, was too brash. That's right. And um, teaser also marks the end of the joint fleet operations between Earth and Vulcan, first established in Broken Bow. Shran correctly predicts that the Vulcans are preparing for a war against the Andorians. In Season 4, Enterprise Trilogy, uh-oh. Spoilers. Uh-oh. The Vulcans under Ambassador Velas orders indeed such a preemptive strike invasion of Andoria. Um, and then this episode also confirms that T'Pol is not the first Vulcan to serve on a human starship. Phlox does, however, mention that T'Pol is, up to the date of the episode, the longest-serving one. Because all uh, the other ones only lasted a couple days. Because mm-hmm. yeah. of the stinky pink skin smell. Yeah. Um, it's like hiring a temp, you know? Yeah. And they say yeah. that they have all this experience, but they don't. And uh, this is chronologically the first mention of Corden and its people, as established in the original series Journey to Babel and TNG Sarek. Corden is presumably admitted into the Federation at the Babel Conference in 2268, with Vulcan voting in favor of admission. It's also noted that in the same TOS episode, the Vulcan had no mining interest in Corridan. Um, I did see on the wiki that they are like, they're very, uh, I think it was Trilithium rich mm. uh, planet. And that's where, I mean, that's where they build a lot of ships. Um, and they also mentioned that they, or Archer mentions to Trip that they they may have Warp 7 capabilities. Mm-hmm. Which That's is right. what two two warps beyond what Enterprise beyond has what they currently. Got, yeah, they only go warp five. Yeah, my friend, do you have anything further? No, fast, good, good stuff. Fascinating stuff. Fascinating. Fascinating. You do a much better, Spock. <laughs> and that's Pajem spelled with a P apostrophe J E M. Of course, I've been wanting to say that all episode. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, again, I'm David. I'm Zach. And uh, this has been The Star Companion. You can send us an email at thestarcompanion at gmail.com. We're on all major uh, podcasting platforms. And if you send us a single fucking dollar on patreon.com slash thestarcompanion, we will review 
Cyclone with Cyclone. Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> Jeffrey Combs. And if you send us two, we'll review Reanimator. Oh, <laughs> Jeffrey Combs. Okay. That seems to be his biggest blockbuster today. It does, that was first listed. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say for two dollars we'd review Cyclone twice, but I like <laughs> your idea better. <laughs> Our second take on Cyclone. <laughs> yep, still as bad. Oh, shit. All right. Well, thanks for listening. All right, gang. See you, gang. Take care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs>